Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapter. Here you will find practical tips for your agricultural classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from Oklahoma State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and visit our webpage at owlpelletsforag.wordpress.com. That's owlpelletsforag, all one word, .wordpress.com. So we're starting today a new element of our pellets um, called critical conversations. Fantastic! I like how it. I like new its name. New, new name. Title. We just came yeah. up with that. Um, like just now. Yeah, just now. <laughs> like literally. You just saw innovation happen. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to take about. You think about. We look at a lot of articles, research that's been done by a researcher, and we've been pelleting that so that that can come into our conversations as teachers. But today, we're going to start looking at a topic and then have some discourse and some discussion about some of these critical conversations that keep coming up in our profession that a lot of people are working on answering. So today, the one that we're going to look at is this idea of the three-circle model. Model, model, model. (laughs) (laughs) The the, uh, standard by which all should be judged. That's right. And as Kate has mentioned earlier, if you don't know the three-circle model, we'll also um, help you come out from under the rock you've been living in. Just kidding. And uh, we'll kind of... <laughs> we love you all. Yeah. We'll shine some light on you know what that model is and what it means for our program. But just to start, um, let's just start the discussion on this three-circle model, what it is, where it comes from. Not everybody. <laughs> one at a time. So I think, I think the, for me, the big question, we talk about three-circle models, classroom lab, FFA, SAE is this thing goes everywhere, it's on the FFA website, it's on textbooks, these kind of things, is who said this was supposed to be the way we do school-based ag ed anyway? Where, where did this whole thing come from? I know I'm the only history person of the three of us here that likes, likes the gonna, history. You're just going to call us out like I'm, that in front of everybody. I'm just going to call you out. I openly admit. <laughs> I like always crack on history. Yeah. Like I'm like, ag is awesome and history class is the devil. That's right. So love ag. So but the thing about where, where did this thing come from? And so, where did, where did the three-circle model come from? Well, there's an article, I think, by um, Ricketts at Tennessee Tech, right? Where he talked about Tennessee, Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Tennessee State, and he, like, followed that back, and it basically, like, is a squirrel trail, trail to nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about, you know, when you're on PowerPoint, and you need, like, a really profound, so you go to, like, the diagram function, mm-hmm. and you're like, yes. oh, yes, a Venn diagram would be wonderful here. Mm-hmm. Three, it's like smart, smart art. Yes, right? yeah. smart and art. Smart that's art, right. and suddenly you have, like, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Which I know that's crazy, but I really do think way back in our history, there was just this, you know, there's three elements of our program, and, like, this picture kind of helps me describe that. And somehow now we are deeply ingrained and we pick apart the meaningfulness of each circle right. and the and percentage the inner, of how, overlay. Yeah, how they interact and together like, and that triangle in the middle, like the holy grail yeah, of yeah. all, I get is that. And you know whoever did it, did it with like a protractor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? I wonder whoever that 
is. Like, if they looked now and they were like, whoops. Like, yeah, nobody knows. Didn't anybody. Really mean it's, to- a, it's less a thing. You know, urban legend, at least, I can, I mean, maybe it was somewhere, is it was really, they wrote this book, the textbook, and the publisher wanted a diagram to put you know, image into the textbook and so they talked about these here are these three pieces of it and voila. There it is. Ta da the Venn kind of diagram like the, came up. It's like the what the fox say song of Agen <laughs> where they were like, Oh we need something. Here I we didn't go. Know where you, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going for a minute. You were like, What the fox? I was, Whoa. We was said like, we weren't gonna do that okay. here. Wow. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So I, I think that's the big thing. So if we're going to be intentional about this, and, and this is, you know, I fully believe, you know, classroom lab is important, FFA, SA, but I think we've put way too much meaning in this thing. And so if we were going to be intentional, if we were going to start school-based ag ed today, what would it, what would it include? What would those pieces be to kind of make to make us unique, special? What, why are we even in the program to do that? I think we would still have probably the same pieces, but the idea of making it into those circles, I think, sets teachers up for this model that is unattainable where like these all have to be equal because the circles were depicted equal and so suddenly we have to do all of them equally and teachers don't right when they draw it out they draw either sometimes the classroom bubble really big sometimes the ffa bubble really big and i've yet to see the sae bubble be even a quarter of the size of the other two so if we're saying that it should be the three i mean i think that what they should be doing right ag teaching still should involve all three of those but by having it in those circles, that like just puts a thing on it that teachers can't, they can't do. Well, and, you know, I think about our, our roots way back to, you know, my dad will talk about he was in ag education because he was preparing to farm. My dad, mm-hmm. I mean, he brought the ag education is where dad prepared his, to, to fix his tractor. It's where, I mean, it was the old school ag. And, you know, as that has changed... I, what I love is that I love the three elements because I think the I think it uniquely sets us up to be truly investing in growing kids. That's what I love about we have classroom instruction, which we know is ineffective if we can't connect it to kids. So how do we connect it to kids so that we're not just history class? So for me, it's always history. <laughs> I hated history class. It wasn't connected at all. So how do we teach ag as a class? Well, I know. Let's make sure every kid has a project of some kind that is meaningful to them that mm-hmm. they chose. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? Then every day in class, kids have an automatic relevance. And it doesn't, doesn't it make sense that we would compete and like let kids go have some like Friday Night Lights kind of motivation? Yeah. I mean, the three elements at their basic intent seems so pure and so good. And then it's just interesting, though, like... Is there not value in measuring and making sure that, that, you know, a lot of times we'll use the three circles to say, well, in your state, the competition circle is too big. Well, in your state, you don't focus on SAE enough. But isn't there some value in those being balanced? You know, if you, there's the, like the ag ed textbook that everybody gets when they are becoming ag teachers. In there, it actually talks about when it's explaining the model how the classroom lab instruction bubble should be the biggest, and overall how how they're how they're proportionate to one another should be based on your community. So, I almost think balanced among themselves is probably not as crucial as creating the balance that your community is expecting. So, 
you know, what's valuable there for that community. It might be, you know, they, they there might be a lot of FFA there. There might be a lot of SAE opportunities there, and that might be what the students benefit from. But I do go back to that original that, that original idea that, you know, we're, we're preparing students and giving them knowledge. We hope that they're accepting knowledge from the program. And you're paid by the principal, meaning that instruction bubble should be pretty huge. Now, I would hope that there's a lot of overlap. Like, I would like to see more overlap than what is currently depicted in the model. So mm. maybe the other two are, like, little within that one. And I think that's the, that's the big thing is we try to separate them out. And I think too often we, we talk with young teachers they're going to say, okay, I'm going to, first I'm going to focus on get my classroom set up. And then I'm going to get the FFA chapter set up. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, by the way, then on year four, five, or 26, I'm going to finally get the SAE thing started. And they, mm-hmm. and they see these things as separate rather than really doing the SAE is instruction. You're instructing things on there. You go back to why were SAEs even started? Well, it was a being able as a means to allow the student to put the, what they're learning in school into practice in their own operation yeah. and then to bring the problems from their own operation back to the school to learn lessons mm-hmm. on how to solve those problems back at their home operation. But see, so much of that has changed that it shifts, it kind of shifts all of it because when students aren't taking things from school back to their own farms, that, that sort of shifts that whole model of what, what we are doing within SAE. So then when you're, you know, you've got a student who's, breeding tarantulas for their SAE like and where is that in your classroom and lab instruction time and so then you do like as Mm -hmm. your students change that those two bubbles kind of separate and then it does create more work suddenly you're not you know you're not double dipping as far as your work goes and you're actually creating more work which is then when the teachers can't have balance that they are comfortable Mm -hmm. with they end up with balance that they say well this is not an ideal program this is not the program I want to have but this is the program I gotta have because I only have this right. many hours in a day. Right. Well, but I also, you know, my research is on this area of experiential learning. And I think our model is the experiential cycle. Like we say we're experiential. We tell people that. And that experiential model is one circle. And we had a cool conversation with David Cold, the like father of ag education or of, of experiential education. He was experiential learning. And, you know, he'll say that SAE, FFA, and classroom, he struggled to describe the three circles. And I tried to have him fit the three circles on top of experiential learning model, and he struggled because he said, oh, but SAE is is really abstract conceptualization. SAE includes teaching them content. When you go visit a student's SAE, they need to know right now how to help their project, and you can provide instruction. Um, But he also saw that each of the three components of our program helped ensure that learning wasn't this banking of information that, uh, you know, Freire talks all the time about school can't just be banking information. It must be developing the whole child. And Kolb's comments is, I think his exact quote was, ag education is uniquely positioned to holistically educate. And that was completely based on him looking at and reading about our three-circle model. So those components, you know, I think it's interesting to think how important those are. But he struggled to make them into circles and fit them into a model. Yeah. He kind of dismissed the picture and more adopted yeah. the concept. It almost, yeah, because it seems like the experiential learning cycle would almost be like, you ever ride the sizzler? Where it's like, here, you know, you have like a bigger right. circle and then it's all these little, like, experiential learning happens all the time in mm-hmm. each of those 
alone and then kind of right. throughout kind of seems. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we go back and we look and we talk about the three circle model. For us, we know what that what that I is. You turned your phone off. I thought I did too. Sorry, teachers. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> just can't have nice things. <laughs> but we talk about the three circle models. We've created our own language in Agate. Yeah. Nobody else, you can walk down the hall and talk to your beloved history teacher or math teacher or whoever else. They have no idea what that is. But you talk to them about the basic fundamentals of what we're trying to do in each of those things. And so I think one time, we, we, a lot of times, we, we, as I teach, we want to say we're so much different than everybody else in the building. And yes, we are doing things differently, and, and we, we have this context and this ability to really bring all these pieces together. But when we create our own language, we create barriers when we try to be, we're still in the education business. Mm-hmm. And how do we really learn those ideas? Because, again, we'll pick on SAE and, you know, and the experiential learning and application type of things. We've all been in education conferences or read journals or magazines or whatever. Else. They talk about, oh, that's a great idea where students are creating their own projects and bringing in the things in class. I'm like, mm-hmm. we've, we've been doing that forever. But yet we're, we're not having that conversation on how we can learn from each other because we're calling it two different things. Well, we assume that whoever we talk to, right? Like, okay, we're going to talk about the three-circle model. Well, they may not know what that is. Or when we use the SAEs, right. like, what the heck is that? When I was teaching the, um, maybe the third year I was there, the administration, we had like our PD at the beginning of the year, and the administration came in and said, we're going to connect with students. It's going to be amazing. We're going to do these things called home visits. Yeah. And I was like, I visit a third of the school Been already. There. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, they don't know what an SAE is. But I think... We talk, and I think the other big challenge I have is we talk about our three circles as if it is the reality. But the problem I see is it's not our reality. It's our ideal, and it's our storyline. It's our story pitch so many times. And I think it's important that we um, don't just talk about how, I mean, if our programs truly live by those three elements, we wouldn't be trying to take six kids to win the state proficiency award. Instead, we would make sure that every single kid in our classroom had a project of some kind. If that was protecting an egg for a week, okay, that's where you're connected right now. Mm-hmm. But so many times we have forgotten and I think drifted so far from Rufus Stimson and my dad who said, you know, Rufus Stimson said, don't bring, don't buy me animals, don't buy chickens, don't give me labs. Tell the kids to bring me their things and we'll learn with the kids things. And that's where our three circles was born. And I think sometimes we miss that and lose that in all our award structures. Yeah, but see, some the kids don't have things, right? So many places, the kids don't have things anymore. They don't have the avenues for things. So how do you help them still have that without, you know, when, when they're coming to you with nothing and no opportunity? How do you give that opportunity to them? And how do you do that while still teaching class and doing the FFA kind of award structure? I would argue they all have things. Yeah. They've got soil in their backyard. They've got food that they buy. And I know that's a common answer. But, like, if, if kiddos, as, an ex, as a foundational exploratory SAE, like, go do an inventory of the food in your home. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there are things that matter to all these kids to create this inside-out education instead of outside-in. So I think we do have to change. I think if we could start from the beginning again, we would totally rethink SAE, not as Wayne Baker's tractor that doesn't work. We would have to start thinking about start at the home with each kid and connect with them in some way. And we may even change the name of it, you know? Well, that's um, been done, what, like three or four or five right. times? So little, little I think things. it's going to do it again. But I think that that's the, 
the other piece we look here. I mean, we, we talk a lot about SAE here and what, how that fits in and what that should be doing. But I think there's also the FFA component. You know, so many times we keep wanting to say, well, FFA is an intracurricular part of ag ed. And so the, we have to, that made no traction with my principal when I was, when I was teaching and talking to most principals. Like, yeah, what? it's a club. It's like everybody mm-hmm. else. Well, because the reason is we don't we don't use it really as the teaching tool that we should. Mm-hmm. And so, how do we really build that thing in there so that it is intercurricular? How do we use the FFA structure to help all of the kids do something rather yeah. than just those four or five we're going to put in the yeah those that are going to win right yeah to, to do that thing. Well, I think with this critical conversation. Ag teachers of the world, you can stop going home in shame that your circles are not exactly equal. You know, I think it's, it's in great effort to talk about three elements, and I think it is important for us to reflect on, are we missing something? But to really try to quantify those circles, I think it started with a good old protractor, and it's a textbook image. So... I think it's neat that we have, I think we have three very powerful elements of our program. And if we can own that, um, maybe start getting away a little bit from saying three circles all the time. And again, I think you said there, focus on what the fundamental aspects are of there rather than what the images that we're using to Mm -hmm. to show people. And and get in there and really have that conversation to use the language of of the rest of our brothers and sisters in education so that we can have that conversation with with each other, Mm -hmm. whether it's circles or squares or whatever it might be. And to think about how you can what we were saying before, double and triple dip so that you're, they are really integrated and you're not doing three totally separate things right. that if you are doing them, that where, where can you kind of maximize your time to make sure that students are getting the benefits of all of them? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Three circle models. Busted. <laughs> Critical <laughs> conversation number Done. one. Busted. <laughs> mic drop. And you probably don't, don't even hear the mic drop because really we have our microphone on napkins, so it's not loud. Right. Um, well, we hey, run a high-quality operation. Yes, we do. Well, we are right here at Oklahoma State University for this recording, and we just thank you guys on behalf of Kate Shoulders and Brian Myers and myself, Marshall Baker. And these critical conversations, this is how we move the needle in our profession. So thanks for listening. Thanks for leading us, Marshall. You betcha. Hello, Owl Pellet family. This is Marshall Baker at Oklahoma State University. I'm going to take just a short minute to share with you a little bit about our Department of Agricultural Education, Communications, and Leadership at Oklahoma State. The Department of Agricultural Education, Communications, and Leadership develops students into well-rounded agricultural professionals. Whether they want to pursue a career as an agricultural education teacher, which we would love, magazine editor, public relations specialist, sales and marketing associate, extension educator. No matter what that job is, our department can help students achieve their goals. Our faculty and staff work closely with students inside and outside of the classroom to create a family atmosphere and help students feel that this is a place they can call home. Our department offers advisors that are also faculty members. They spend unique one-on-one time advising each student We teach courses, and we're involved professionally in the areas that the students are studying. These faculty advisors, I being one of them, assist in planning individual programs for every student that walks through our door. We pride ourselves in our open-door policy. We love to invite students to stop by our office, talk about their life, talk about the decision to teach ag, and their academic pursuits here at OSU. You know, it doesn't hurt that Oklahoma State's also nestled in a wonderful town, Stillwater, Oklahoma. We find it very easy to continue to stay strong and stay rooted in agriculture, one of the primary industries in our state.
If students are looking for a, an experience in an undergraduate program, we hope you would consider Oklahoma State University for that option. You can look at our department by going to www.aged.okstate.edu. We'd love to have you on campus. Please contact any of us and we can make that happen. I appreciate you tuning into the podcast and go Pokes! I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.